the Ten Commandments killer killed somebody with the warning, Thou shalt not kill. L.I.W. American Horror Story Review. Hello, citizens. Welcome to L.I.W. American Horror Story Review. I'm Phoenix West. Today's episode is 508, The Ten Commandments Killer. Let me just say right now, this is a great episode. And I'm not being sarcastic. Can you believe it? So, and I don't just mean this season it's a great episode. I mean of all of the seasons, of the entire series, it's one of the better episodes. It, te- it starts off the story, it tells the story, and that's it's all contained here. It just tells a small little story, and it's great. I, I have no complaints about this episode, really. I- I'm sure I will when I start breaking it down in a minute, but as of right now, I have no, I have no complaints. So let me just say, I, I, I mentioned this on the 506 episode. But I I watched five oh six and I watched five oh seven in what early December late November whatever the fuck they aired, and then I didn't watch another episode. I stopped after five oh seven, and I got too pissed because they weren't explaining anything about John Lowe, the only plotline that was tying everything together, and they didn't. He was fucking irritating the shit out of me, and I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm not gonna watch it anymore. I don't think. Like maybe I'll get around to it eventually, and I didn't want to cancel the show, but I also didn't want to watch the show, so I was kind of in a catch twenty two, like I said. And then I watched. I was like, "Fuck it, I'll just watch this." And I didn't want to watch it because it was on my iTunes, and the picture was John's face, and he looked stupid as shit. And I was like, "I can't watch this stupid fucking face for another episode." So, and I like again, I do like Wes Bentley. He was just his character. I don't know what they. He just bothered me. I don't know why. They just didn't write for him, and it made him like a, sound like a whiny pussy every single scene he's in. And he's doing this, I'm going crazy, what am I doing? And I'm like, oh, God, just get to it already. And it turns out where I stopped watching it, right after uh, Lynn or whatever her name is, Ren, got hit by the bus or the truck or whatever the fuck it was, that ends up being a turning point, and it answers all of the questions I had perfectly, and to the point where I like John's character now. Is, is that weird? Isn't that weird? That's fucking crazy. Because I was watching, this episode starts off with John standing there, and he sees the girl jump in front of the truck. He runs out to help her, even though she just got creamed by a fucking semi. And he was gets hit himself, and he kind of has a flashback to seeing the little girl in the casket, and he realizes, oh, i got to get back to the hotel. He's kind of starting to unlock the pieces in his mind, and this is when I was like, oh, it's, it's probably him then. He's probably the Ten Commandments killer. So, yeah. And then I was like, oh, well, <laughs> that took me three seconds. I couldn't tell if I would have known that. Like, I would, I'd be interested to find out in an alternate timeline if I watched them all week by week without taking a giant break. If I would have caught on as quickly or if I was so detached from the first seven episodes that when I started the eighth one right now, I was like, I was just, I could figure it out easier. I want to know if it was smoother for most people or not. Anyway, he goes back to the hotel. Um, he, he, Starts accusing Liz and like, tell me where the fucking guy is. Where's the information? I know he's here. Ten Commandments killer's here. Blah blah. And she finally gives him the key to uh, with uh, li- with uh, excuse me with Hyperdermic Sally. And they go up to a room and they go to room sixty four. And he's like, that's not, that's my room. Come on, give me the. I want to know where he is. Don't don't give give me bullshit. And she's like, I promise you, there's answers behind this door. And I'm like, I get it. It's him. 
I'm not getting irritated, but I'm like, all right, yeah, this really affirms the fact that I was saying my theory. And he goes in room 64, and him and Sally start talking, and he starts having these flashbacks, and he moves the armoire and finds a this a door, and he opens the door, and inside there's like this trophy case, and it's all these like little glass containers, and they all have like the tongues or the teeth and shit like that. It's like all the kills from the Ten Commandments killer. And Sally and him start going back and forth. I don't even have a whole lot of notes for this episode because it's pretty small. That's why I liked it. They focused. They focused on a small story and told that story well. Instead of showing 65 fucking side characters, I'll have these mini conversations that go nowhere. They, so my notes are really small, so I don't know how long of an episode this is going to be. But I like I liked this. They start talking back and forth. She's like, you have to remember, it's not your fault. Like, It's okay, it's okay. And she, you can tell she really cares about him in a weird way. And he starts realizing who he is and that he is the Ten Commandments killer and he's he's been doing the side thing. And then I am... Um, I was like, I, I immediately forgive the show for John's stupid fucking character because it finally makes sense why. I, if you listen to the previous episodes, I complained that John was just like never aware of what's happening in front of him. He would see like vicious, horrible shit and then immediately forget it or ignore it or he got chucked up to a dream or he's just constantly drawn to this hotel. He's drawn to that pool with the, with the vampires where his kid is. And he just forgets it all later, and none of it is related to his other life outside of the hotel. So it was like every time he left the hotel, he had like his memory erased, and it's it's it explains that in this episode. I, I and I appreciate that because it finally makes sense now, and I actually like his character after this. His character literally just changes, like flicks a switch, and he's a different character from here on. And it's like, oh, I appreciate that now because he's not a piece of shit anymore that I just want to fucking scream at. John is telling his partner the story, and he's saying, like, I'm the killer. And they're, they're, he's telling him this while they're in the room with uh, Ren's body. And he, he's kind of telling the story of how he saw this, like, brutal was a murder-suicide with his family in 2010. And so he went to the Cortez after because they're the only places with a bar that's open nearby. And he went in there and started drinking a bunch. Bar's about to close down, though, so Donovan... Tells him to come upstairs to March's room, and he's like, the party's going on upstairs, I promise you. And they had this, he brings him upstairs, March is all excited, and kicks Lady Gaga out, um, which I appreciated because she was no longer in the scene. There's a long conversation with March about death and how he's a cop, and he has to fight back the urge to, you know, release his own justice. And they just have this thing over while they're having drinks, or they're having absinthe. And he's just like, He's really digging into his brain, and then they start talking about how he can see auras and how he can... You know how good this episode was? I, I watched it a few days ago now, and I barely took any notes, and I still remember what happened in it like vividly. I remember the conversations they had. That's how engaged I was. I, look, I was on the couch, and I found myself leaning forward in my seat, like off the, almost off the couch, where I'm like, whoa, like watching and listening, and I was, it engaged all my senses. And it sounds stupid, but the other episodes, I'm like, ugh, I'm playing on my phone. I'm like, this is fucking boring. And it wasn't boring because I was on my phone. I was just on my phone because it was fucking boring. It wasn't, wasn't the other way around, just to clarify. Anyway, the they start talking about auras and how we can see auras. And some people are green, some people are this. And he's like, yours is black, like jet black. And he's, I was like, all right. And you can tell he's really taking a, uh, an interest in, in John. And 
March. Throughout, he keeps seeing March. He keeps seeing. Uh, excuse me. Um, John keeps seeing March throughout the years, and it shows 2015. And then uh, March hands him f- some photos of a kid, and he goes, "You know, Hazel found these in a room. This guy brought this kid here, took pictures of him. He's a pedophile. We don't. We, they never found the kid again. Something like that." And he tells. He's like, "Oh, you want to deal with this? That's fine." And he so he wants to deal his own, deal out his own justice, you know, um, John. That is so. John and goes kills the guy. He kills him on an Oscar that he was trying to sell him. And the guy just has no fucking idea what he's talking about. The guy was not a pedophile. It was just a, a, a ruse they got to get him to kill this guy. And it worked because all of this happens. John feels horribly guilty later. And goes back to room 64, tries to kill himself. Sally's just sitting on the bed watching. And March cuts him down. And this is, These are the scenes I really, really am interested in. I mentioned before in the show that I really like season one because I love the the premise, the idea, just basically the concept of if they die in the house, they're stuck there. Their ghosts cannot leave the house. And there's a part where the next, I forget their name, their character names, but Jessica Lange's daughter, she's dying and Jessica Lange wants to drag her back to the yard. And the, I think her name's Charlotte, was it? Doesn't want to go back to the, doesn't want to be a ghost there. So she's like, just doesn't want to die on that lot. And I, I just love that concept. It's such a weird premise that it's so specific that they, they if they die on the property, they'll stay there forever. It's so fucking cruel. And I just love that idea. And this, obviously, this is a similar scenario here. If they die in the hotel, they're stuck there. So Hypernemic Sally, who's in love with John, just sits there and watches him hang himself and does nothing about it because she wants to be with him forever. I don't know if she loves him. She just gets, she's an addict, so she just gets obsessed with people. And it really comes into play in the next couple episodes. But the uh, March comes in and cuts him down, and is like, he's not yours yet. Like, he still has some unfinished business. And she's like, fine. And they have an argument. I just love that little argument where he's like, you can kill him eventually, but right now I need him alive because he's going to finish my masterpiece. He's been waiting for so long for this, this decades, to get. someone else to finish his, his 10, the 10 commandments. Um, one of which is thou shalt not, uh, murder. And you, you want to figure out the, uh, the vicious irony there. Go right ahead. I won't lead you down that path too, too, obviously the, I love that scene. I just love, I just love the back and forth. I love the idea that she would just be okay with him killing himself because he'll just be there right afterwards. So it just doesn't matter. I love that. I love that idea. Anyway, March convinces him to become a successor, and to become. He's like, "Why would I do that?" And he's like, "Because you'll be the lead detective on the case. You're gonna, you know, chalk it up to a honoring your dead child or something like that." And so that's kind of the premise is of of the backstory, I guess, of the Ten Commandments thing. Is he knows so much about it, and that's why in the crime scenes earlier, whenever he's like, "How do you know this one?" It was because he was the one killing them. It's fine. I, I like this. I would I like this better than if it was just some random fucking person doing it. It makes more sense this way. It's fine. It make it makes his character make sense and I'm fine with that because that was the biggest piece of shit plot or not plot point in the show I didn't like was John's character was just such a fucking zero. He just didn't matter and it was just irritating me left and right. So it makes sense now and I'm fine with it. The uh John excuse me. John is still telling Andy, his friend, the uh, his coworker or his partner, whatever you want to call it, that 
he's still telling him that he's a killer, and he's like, doesn't make any sense. And he, he kind of shows flashback where Andy was talking to his wife. Andy was talking to John's wife, Alex, and they kind of like John's getting suspicious of him. He thinks he's fucking her. They show this scene of I'm fucking. You don't really know if it's real, though, if it's in his head. It I don't know if it matters at this point. And John's like, well, yeah, I'm the killer. And he's like, that's not possible. And he stabs him. John stabs Andy in the stomach with a one of the surgical blades that's sitting right next to the body, the little girl's body. Stabs him, and he's like, you know, you fuck my wife or something like that. And like, admit to it, and maybe I'll go easy on you. So admit to it, and I'll go easy on you. And he goes, you don't deserve Alex. And then he stabs him in the heart and kills him. And I'm like, was that the admitting to it? Or was that, was that first of all, was that admission? And then secondly, was that going easy on him? <laughs> Stabbing him in the heart? Because that is the easy way to go out. So did he take that as an admission? Because if he, let's just say that wasn't an admission and he stabbed him in the heart. What was the easier way out? I don't, I don't understand. That is whatever. The, uh, he, he kills him, and I'm like, oh, maybe he did fuck her. I don't know. Who cares? I don't think it matters at this point because his character's dead. The Iris checks, uh, excuse me, John goes back to the hotel, Cortez. Cortez, he has a bag. It's all bloody. He took something from uh, Alex or uh, Andy, obviously, his partner. He goes to check in. Iris is like, how will you be paying, sir? Or which room, sir? And then uh, John's like, it's okay, Iris. I know who I am. And she's like, what? She's like, how will you be paying? And, you know, they have back and forth. And she's like, oh, thank Christ. She finally she realizes he finally knows who he is. She's like, it's been exhausting. Never knowing if you knew who you were or not. It's just, and basically she had to walk around him. And they didn't want to tell him too much because they didn't want to, whatever spell he was in from March, whatever he was doing. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if he was hypnotized or what the fuck it was going on. Why he was forgetting things. Why he didn't know what was happening. Who knows why? She just got sick of walking. Like, basically being on pins and needles and, like, having to tiptoe around this whole thing. So she's like, oh, it's over. I can give the charade. And he's, he's like, she's like, it's, some people don't want to look in the mirror and see who they are. And he's like, it's fine. The only regret I have is Ren. She's like, that wasn't you. Like, and they show that uh, Sally basically convinced Ren, the little, little vampire girl, to track John. He's supposed to track him and help him and all this stuff, which makes it, the last episode when Ren goes, you're going to kill the guy? And he goes, yeah. And she goes, oh, that sucks. I like you. It make, That makes sense now. And that sucks that that's where I stopped. It sucks I stopped before this episode because it would have made it way better if I finished just watch one more episode. And now I think I would have continued with the show earlier. But this episode is a big reason why I decided to come back to this show, my review show. Anyway, the... Iris, Iris, during this conversation with John, tries to convince him, hey, don't do this anymore. You're free to walk away. Like, there's nothing keeping you here. And John's like, just give me the key. Just give me the keys to room 64. Just give me the keys to room 64. He just whispered. He's just like a, it's like he's screaming, but in a whisper. Just give me the room 64. Anyway, it's pretty much the end of the episode because then when he gets to room 64, uh, March and John have the guy's, I don't know what it is, his balls in the glass case. He's like, what are you going to do now, John? And he's like, we need two more for the masterpiece. And John March is like, yeah, that's right. I was like, oh, they're working together now. I like this. I like this a lot. And the episode ends right there, and I was like, holy shit, I want to keep watching. 
because I was like, holy shit, that was great. Like, that was a solid episode. This is maybe one of my favorite episodes, top five episodes of the entire series. This is by far the most self-contained episode in the series. Like, there's no random-ass character coming in here screaming and introducing anybody. They don't introduce a new character. This show really has a problem introducing characters way late into the fucking series or the season. Like, episode 10 or 11, they'll start introducing characters. You're like, stop it. It's way too late for this. But this one, they don't introduce anyone new, as far as I can think, you know, off the top of my head. They wrap up his partner plot line. They wrap up who who Ren was, why she was following him, why she was in that room. They didn't really explain a whole lot in the last episode. They explain what happened all with John, why he was aloof all the time, why he just had no memory, why he would see shit and forget it later, why he would fuck or why he was fucking Sally. They explain a lot of shit. He just explains that they just had this, they fucked and then. She would get mad that he would leave, and yeah, you know, it makes sense. I, I like that they explain why he, why uh, John was at that meeting with all the killers. They just explained so much, and I, I, I was like, oh, thank you. This this episode is the most important episode in the season because it, like, wraps. Like I said, it just wraps everything up. And without it, if this episode didn't exist and they just kind of went into the next couple episodes and toward the end of the season without explaining anything, fuck this season. This episode was so important, it gave me like a turning point where I was like, okay, I'm back on board. I am back on board. They, The bullshit of the last two episodes is over where they just introduced characters and Ramona trying to kill a baby. It didn't matter because she just gave up after she... The baby threw itself after her. I didn't fucking understand what was happening with the goddamn baby. And then they introduce uh, Valentino and Natasha, and who gives a shit about them because they don't matter anymore. They're in like a kind of a couple scenes later, and it doesn't fucking matter. They didn't show Lady Gaga that much. That's a big plus. Not Nothing against Lady Gaga. I just, most of her scenes are boring. She just fucks somebody, and then she kills somebody else. And you're like, who cares? I will say, after this episode, I like Lady Gaga's character a lot more. She starts to get herself wrapped more into those stories with March and uh, Liz. and I don't know, this, It all starts to flow a lot better after this episode. I have finished the season at this point. I mentioned this before. I have finished all of it. The whole season's done, and I, I watched it. It gets a lot better from here on out. The, the second half of the season is so much better than the first half. This would make a really, really good eight-episode season. If they just cut the bullshit out, got rid of entire characters that you don't give a shit about, and just really, really focused on making a really good story instead of just... It's like they worked to fill out 13 to 12 episodes, 12, 13, somewhere in there, instead of working on a good story. They decide, oh, we got to spread it out. No, no. True Detective season one is only eight episodes, and it's great. Uh, They failed on season two, obviously. But that's not the point. They focus on a story, and they didn't, they didn't go, we have to tell it in this many episodes. Like, no, we, we're going to tell a story. This is what it's going to be. And let's work on the story. Hotel kind of goes, here's this kind of the story. Fill this. You populate this with weird characters, a weird demon guy they never, ever explain. By the way, they don't explain that, so don't expect to fucking... They kind, they kind of slightly do. March kind of made him do something. It doesn't matter. It doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't come into play at all. Anyway, 
I'm not doing a spoiler thing there at all. I just want to say I I don't want to apologize for not liking the first half because it's a fucking asshole. The first half of this season is a fucking asshole. It's their fault. I just I just don't give a shit about most of the fucking characters. And I realize I'm getting very aggressive and swearing a lot, but fuck the first half of this season. This episode, 508, is where it changes and it gets good. So I'm, I'm on board now. The show is no longer dead to me. And I'm very excited. I know I already said I watched it, but I'm very excited to review the next couple episodes. And what is there, 12 episodes? So, yeah, the next few are going to be fun. Um, I just finished it last night. I stayed up till 5 in the fucking morning, and it's 5 p.m. right now. And I'm reviewing all the episodes in a row. So I'm in for a long day reviewing. I just did 5.06 and 5.07. So, yeah, it's going to be a fun day. I'm all American Horror Storyed out. I have until, what, September or some shit like that to, for the next season. And I'm, I'm really curious what they're going to do. I haven't heard any spoilers yet, but we'll get there in the last episode, the 512 episode. We'll talk about next season. Anyway, guys, I'm going to head out of here. Um, until next time, and in the meantime, I'm Phoenix West. So long, citizens. But first, go to LIWstudios.com. Check out American Shitty Movie Showdown. I'm sorry about the uh, exit, by the way. I didn't mean to say goodbye. And Nick Cagecast. And then, uh, yeah, like I said, LAW Studios. And make sure you subscribe, rate, review the show on iTunes. Seriously, do that, please. Helps me get sponsors. And Stitcher, we're on Stitcher, and subscribe on YouTube. That's really important right there. YouTube. That's actually how I get paid. This show's not on YouTube, but the other ones are. American Shitty Movie Showdown, Nick Cage Cast. Fun shows, guys. They are fun. Even if you don't watch the Nick Cage movies, it's fun to watch. So, um, yeah, now I'm going to head out. Until next time, and in the meantime, I'm Phoenix West. So long, citizens.